Welcome to the Money Maven Project Podcast. If you're here to learn how to obtain freedom over your time and money through real estate investing, you're in the right place. Create the life you want by living with intention and becoming a maven in mindset, money, and real estate. Now, here's your host, Justin Monk. Hey, this is Justin Monk with the Money Maven Project Podcast. I am super excited to learn a little bit more about uh, using VAs today. We got Sam Kabert on who I've been following a little bit on Instagram, social media, and keep seeing your messages about, you know, I think your message is clone yourself, right? Get more done using VAs. But I'm sure there's more to that story. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and then tell us kind of how everything got started? Yeah, Justin, uh, thanks for having me on your podcast and appreciate you uh, checking out the content as well. So for anyone, um, probably a lot of people that aren't familiar with who I am because I have a small following on social, to be honest. My name's Sam Caber, but I go by Swag Sam. And the reason is because I have a promotional products business and that's what I've done my whole career, Swag. And I'm not going to get into how I got the nickname, but as you can tell, I clearly sell swag. So as a guy selling swag in Silicon Valley, I needed to separate myself. So what I did was I got into content creation. Uh, it's To date, I've produced nine podcasts, five of my own. I wrote three books in a year. I have a food show on YouTube. And this all kind of culminated in 2019 being named to Silicon Valley's 40 under 40 list, which I could not have really you know, achieve that without doing content creation. So what we're here to talk about today is uh, virtual assistants, right? So how did I get into VAs? The other part of your question. Well, people started to ask me, how are you able to do so much? And I was like, VAs. And people would be like, what's a VA? You mean like veterans? And I'm like, no, virtual assistants. And they'd go, what's that? And this is in Silicon Valley in like 2017. Like, are you serious? You don't know what a virtual assistant is? So that's kind of when I had the light bulb of being like, there's this many like entrepreneurs, professionals, and smart people in Silicon Valley that are not working with virtual assistants. And there's something here. So I started a coaching business in the fall of 2019. And subsequently a podcast as well called Clone Yourself, where I teach uh, entrepreneurs how to scale their business, how to work less while being more profitable so they can live more um, through building out a virtual assistant team. So yeah. Man, that's awesome. So, so um, you're that that I, that's super smart, right? You're looking around. You're you're saying VA, and people don't even know what that means. You're in Silicon Valley, like, whoa, hold on. There's obviously an opportunity to help these people out that are running these huge companies. Uh, and and how's that been so far? I mean, you've been pretty successful working with with a lot of people, or. Yeah, you know, huge or small, you know, the thing is, like, take myself as a case study, even I failed at working with VAs for like five years till I cracked the code. And the problem was, I we're going to talk about mindset, I know that's really important to you. And my mindset was all off. I kind of thought of virtual assistants as like magical elves, if you will, I jokingly say that because like, I would go on Fiverr and just not be fully committed and just like test the waters out. And and then in my promotional products business, I had to lay off or not lay off. Um, I had to let one employee go. She just wasn't doing well and she was new. I was just starting to scale. And then right after that, my right-hand man gave his two weeks and he was with me for like four years. Mm. So that's when um, 
I had that pivotal moment. I did what all great entrepreneurs do, and I ordered a six pack and uh, or I got a six pack and I ordered large pizza and was like, I'm not going to sleep until I figure this out. And that's when I really got intentional about working with VAs. And had I not had that moment, like I don't know, maybe I'd still have employees today and I wouldn't be known as the VA guy because I really had to put my money where my mouth was and be like, okay. Yeah, I have VAs like editing my podcast and like, you know, helping me with graphic design and website and here and there, but wasn't really scalable. So I had that um, moment that, you know, it was kind of make or break. So yeah, it, I work with a lot of smaller entrepreneurs, to be honest, versus like large companies. Um, my sweet spot is usually anywhere from a solopreneur, solopreneur to maybe five to even 20 employees, but 20 is getting on the high side. I mean, really, it's kind of like when you're thinking about hiring an employee and then looking at the ROI of an employee versus scaling with VAs. That's kind of like the difference. Yeah, I like that. So, yeah. so currently, what you what do you have your VAs doing for for you on the on the swag? I'm assuming they're helping on the swag side of things. What are they currently doing for you instead of just editing podcasts? Yeah, for sure. So for my promotional products uh, business, like for anyone listening that's ever got a free t-shirt or free anything branded, that's what our company does. It's called Swagworks. Um, I just do sales. I just talk with clients and I write up a sales order. After that, my job is done. And th so I do the smallest portion of the job because that's really easy to do. And that's what comes naturally for me. All the proofs, the tracking, the shipping, um, the invoicing, all the accounting, all of that is done by my virtual assistant. So that's really, um, it's all streamlined. You know, I like to say when you're working with VAs, you can't outsource your secret sauce. You know, like it's got to be you that does the, what your specialty is, right? Like yeah. you want to find that zone of where your skill set is, where it matches your, what you like to actually do. Anything that you don't want to do, outsource it. And that's, it's as simple as that. And with podcasting, I have a course called Permission and Podcast Simply Show Up and Record, where I teach podcasters how to simply just show up and record. Because anyone listening or Justin, you know, as a podcaster, there's a lot of time that goes into the promotion, editing, and the reeking of information to go on your website along with your hosting site and all that type of stuff. So I apply that to my books and YouTube and things like that as well. Yeah. That's so funny that you mentioned that because like just this morning I was on, uh, I think I was on Upwork trying to find somebody that helped me out with the the editing and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. I like it. Like, I don't nice. mind it at all. And I love listening and, and grabbing the data, but I'm like, I can't do this. I gotta, I gotta do the, I gotta do the interview. I gotta focus on that. So we'll Absolutely. have to talk more after. <laughs> yeah, let's do it for sure. So you mentioned, you mentioned cracking the code and using uh, VAs. Give us a little, maybe that's your secret sauce, but give me, give us a little summary about what was the aha moment? Like what, what changed in you when you cracked that code? Um, I, that, that night I started to tell you guys about where I ordered the six uh, or the pizza and got a six pack of beer. And I just started to plan out what I was going to do uh, on that to build a virtual assistant team. Like I didn't really, that was the aha moment in terms of like 
the reflection looking back like shoot i'm working less than four hours a day and in my actual business and my sales keep going up wow this is really cool i should do something about this um that there was never like a pivotal moment i mean i did ayahuasca and i have a spiritual podcast that's all about that type of stuff so that kind of was uh something that got my eyes to open but yeah. there wasn't really like a big moment where i was like oh i figured this out other than that experience but i don't know if you want to go there <laughs> <laughs> you can you can uh, you can give us a snapshot of it that's totally fine i'm, I'm curious uh, yeah so um ayahuasca is a plant medicine from the amazon and it's a psychedelic if you will but it's really used for healing and for me like i was um i was depressed and i knew i was depressed but i was using work as distraction mm -hmm. and you know beautiful girlfriend a uh, uh, great dog great parents great family life and and crushing at work being named to soul doing the plant mess and it really showed me how much healing i had to do and how much i've been numbing my pain for years in this chase of success um i'm from silicon valley but i've always looked at like okay i'm going to do my time in silicon valley and then i'm going to get out and like enjoy my life and i i stopped doing the things i loved like i i probably camped like a few times in i don't know eight years you know and not that i used to camp all the time but i would at least go on a couple camping trips a year and that's just one example and just doing more outdoorsy stuff and silicon valley is just you know you live there it's a very concrete jungle and it's hard to get out of there um so that uh, this experience with the plants that really helped me was to move to the coast and now i'm always go I live a minute away from the ocean, which is amazing. But it's also yeah. helped me to realize that the swag business isn't really what lights me up. And what I really like doing is transforming people's lives so they can crack the code too. And literally like in the ceremony, I, I had this like download, if you will, that holy shit, I cracked the code. And my girlfriend at the time too was a cheerleader of the 49ers, my favorite team, like literally had everything wow. that you could want, you know, but, um, anyways that's a whole nother thing yeah so so that's cool so your your realization of hey i can i can run this business it can be a less of a less of a demand on my life i can live a life a little bit more like what i want i can get back to some of those things that i may have given up uh to be successful in the business that i have um i love that you know because so many people sacrifice so many people sacrifice what they're passionate about and what they truly enjoy for success in business and i'm not saying that you can get away with no no sacrifice i think there's going to be some there's going to be some late nights and there's going to be some struggle there but but to a certain point like let's figure out how to get back to the life we want and design the life that we want eventually i mean we hopefully we don't have to stray away from that for very long i mean i talked to so many people that are like yeah you know we were whatever it is right we were going to go on a family vacation but work got in the way or you know whatever it is and i'm just like man like why are we letting why are we letting that happen like we should figure out how to we should figure out a different way to do it i feel like we're doing it wrong let's figure out a different way to do it so we make sure that family and, and our passions and things that truly bring us value in life are the first priority rather than than always pushed off and uh it seems like 
having help from VAs and is, is, is a great way to help shed that load and recalibrate, rebalance your, your life a little bit. So that's cool. Absolutely. Thank you. And to that vein, um, now what I practice is soul life balance rather than work life balance. So it's reframing it to realize, hey, work is just a component of life. And whatever your religious views are, your spiritual views, your agnostic views, whatever, it could be as simple as you said, like family, like prioritizing family as part of like what feeds your soul and makes you grounded and feel like a human and not like a robot just like working, right? So anyways, no, that's, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to Google it. I've got a quote that I, I need to find. Oh, nice. So good, but I, I don't, I can't remember exactly. We'll keep going. I'll see if I can find it. But um, so what are, what are some of the common misconceptions that mm. people have about using VAs that impede them from, from taking that leap and, and exploring that a little bit? Yeah, so the number one tip I can give you guys that is going to be just like a rule of thumb for mindset and how you approach everything is think of virtual assistants as if they were your employees. And here's what I mean by that. We would never just click a button without interviewing someone as and hire them as an employee, right? We would never just like be like, oh, I need someone at my podcast. I'm going to spend a minute um, writing up a job description. Like when we go to hire employees, we are very intentional with uh, knowing the time that's going to go into creating that job posting, uh, posting it out there, um, dealing with, not dealing with, that's not the right way to say it, but working with people in terms of interviewing and bringing them in and asking their interview questions, then realizing that there's an onboarding process and there's a, there's a, just a time frame of when they're really going to pick up on things. Whereas for whatever reason, I see this all the time. And it was, I know this to be true because it happened with me, but I see it with my clients and my friends and everything. And it's so hard to get over this hump. But when you get over this hump and you don't just expect VAs to just know everything and you go, oh, they're people too. And wait a second, wait. I'm not investing nearly the amount of time I or money as I am an employee, but for some reason, I expect them to perform so much better and more efficient than an employee. Like in what world does that make sense? I think that might be our Western culture where we just have that entitlement, but that's that would be my biggest tip, you know? Yeah, yeah. So not expecting them to just read your mind and be perfect at it right out of the gate, right? Um, yeah. 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 No, that makes perfect sense. I I found myself as I've used VAs over the last little while, I'm like, anytime that they do it wrong, I'm I just like, okay, I explained it poorly. I I it's my fault. I'll try and I gotta go into I'm gonna do a screen, I'm gonna do, you know, record my screen, go through the process, make sure that they understand it because yeah, like you said, they're they're people. This is a brand new thing for them. They don't know exactly what we want. So the more detailed you can be in those instructions, the better. For sure. The other thing. Absolutely. The other thing too, start with objective tasks versus subjective. Um, so an objective task meaning that it's done incorrect or correct, 
versus subjective, I like to say there's room for interpretation. So we're setting them for up for success as we are ourselves and together we are. If, if we can find a tiny task that can lead to a bigger project that is done either correct or incorrect. And as we improve that, not improve, but as we work with them more and more, we learn each other's styles and whatnot, then we start to move towards the subjective tasks and projects. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Subjective versus objective. That's 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 a good tip. Um, what are some other obstacles that people or or maybe fears that people have when using VAs? Letting go. I mean, this is like one of the biggest thing us entrepreneurs or you know people in a position of management have struggles with. Um, there and letting go, I think, stems from from what I see and from talking and working with people, it's like, well, they can't do it as well as I can. Because there's two different things. If we're talking to a graphic designer, website designer, video production company, something that's artsy, it's like, well, that's what they're paying me for. That's why they don't want to let go of like the actual editing process or something like that. Um, For most entrepreneurs, it's more of they can't do it as good as me. Like I do it the best. And that's usually why people can't let go. Yeah. So can you get people to get to that level where you feel like they're doing it like you would? I mean, I'm sure there's a way, right? Yeah. And that's, that's what I teach with um, my clients, but the, the way to go about it on a high level is um, I have a few different, a few different, um, steps. The first one would be what I call the time audit, which is exactly what it sounds like. You document what you do. um, And every time you switch tasks for a week or two, and that will make it very clear when we go to the next stage where we're taking all those tasks and projects and we're plotting them on this matrix I have of a level of difficulty to you know, not difficult. And then the other side is like um, how much fun it is versus not fun. And then from there, we can literally see on paper like, oh, this is really hard to do. And I find it fun. Therefore, I should be doing it. So it doesn't even matter that I'm trying to teach it to someone. So what we do is I I like to say we cherry pick, which um, I know a lot of people don't like that word, but we cherry pick the ones on the bottom left corner, which the bottom left is going to require low skill and low thrill, we call it. So basically that means, hey, it's not fun to do. I don't enjoy doing it and it doesn't require a lot of skill. So going back to what we talked about previously, that's going to, um, set us up for success in terms of getting our VA started easily. And then in terms of the letting go, it's not as big a deal to let go because it's like, oh, that's not an important task. It's It requires low skill. So we just kind of move up the ladder from there. Yeah. And also probably less consequences if it's done not perfectly, the low skill, low thrill. True. Yeah. And we'll put, we're going to create SOPs, standard operating procedures in the process. And, you know, through doing SOPs, we'll make sure that it's getting done correctly each time. And, you know, editing, I'm not going, you didn't ask about that. Your interview. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. I love it. This is awesome. You've obviously thought this out and obviously have a lot of good advice to share to people that are looking to to grab a VA. Appreciate that. Because most people are probably just like me, just like last night, 11 o'clock. I'm like, I want to go to sleep, but I need to get this out there on, uh, I think it was Upwork. 
And so, but blade just blow right through all the questions. Boom, you know, type out quick little, you know, quick little explanations and hit go. Right. That's probably how most people do it. Probably did it completely wrong. I think I do have a few people that have submitted proposals. I haven't even looked at them yet. It's been, you know, whatever, almost a day now. But uh, so for me and for probably the most people that are jumping into this, um, what are some, what are two or three tips when you're going through that, that hiring process or just, just posting the job? Like what's some of the best things to do, best practices there? Hmm. Um, I know I have this document somewhere, but this isn't like something off the top of my head. So let me think about it. Um, I use free up and the reason uh, versus Upwork. And the reason why I like free up is because they match you with two to three virtual assistants. So with Upwork, I used to always feel that overwhelm of getting, you know, on the low end, maybe 20, 50 applicants on a high end 100 plus, like, how are you supposed to go through that? So if you do use Upwork, one thing uh, that my clients enjoy using that use Upwork is they will put something in like um, the description that says like mention zebra or mention something random, right? Whatever it is so um, that you can sift out the people that didn't read the whole job posting. Um, And that's that's a good thing that they do. Um, For me, that doesn't really apply because I get two or three matched. Uh, That's the other thing. I don't, a lot of people um, are confused by what I do and they think I have virtual assistants and it's like I have a VA company where you hire through my company. I don't have that. I don't do that. Yeah, I just, so I I just teach entrepreneurs how to work with VAs. So um, your question was two to three during the interview process. So um. You know what? For the most part, I I do give my students interview questions, but that's one of the few things where I don't, it's not that I don't practice what I preach, it's that I give them interviews questions if they want to interview. How I work is I just go ahead and give them a small task, and then I evaluate that small task. So even though I said all this about going about it like um, employees, for me, I've found that it's more efficient to just be like, okay, I'm going to hire you. Here's the small task. And then I evaluate them off of three main things, basically. The first is, in I have a can email, which I can give to you so you can put in the show notes. But yeah. Basically, in the email, it says like, hey, can you do XYZ task and have it by XYZ date? Um, Please don't spend more than XYZ time, right? So there's three things I'm looking for. One is, did they get it to me in by the date they said they could like if they respond back oh yeah i can get by that date no problem or if they go hey i'm going to need more time i could get done in this state whatever the case may be did they follow up on their word that's important if i say don't spend more than 30 minutes on us and they spend 35 minutes or anything more than 30 minutes that's an that's a red flag and the final thing is the quality of the work now here's the thing and justin said this earlier if the quality of the work is not good or it's lacking like perfection, which doesn't exist, but it's lacking like um, just anything at all. Most likely that falls on us where we didn't explain the project well enough. So I actually don't look at the quality of the work because it should be an objective task, a small, a tiny task that's easy to get done. So if it wasn't done correct, that falls on me. 
what I'm really looking at is their character. Did they um, get back to me in timely manner? Did they spend less than the amount of time they said they would? And those are the three things I evaluate on. And I have an email template my clients use, and not even just clients, like it's a, one of those lead magnets, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 great advice. Um, when when selecting a VA, I remember a question in, in Upwork where it's like, do you want... Uh, I think it was asking like, you want an agency or individual? Cause I've used both. I, I went through, I think it's called asksunday.com and that's an agency and they would assign somebody to me. Right. Whereas in Upwork, you can just hire like single VAs that are on their own. Do you have a preference or pros and cons for the, the two different ways? I work with freelancers, virtual assistants, um, uh, not necessarily agencies. Um, I think that usually when it's an agency, there could be like multiple people behind that name versus like getting to know someone like I'm friends with my VAs in the Philippines and in India and all over wherever they are and some of my social media platforms and you know we message each other outside work because it's cool like sometimes they'll message me um being like hey i I think you'll be interested in this person because they're spiritual or whatever like Mm because they know my content so we become almost in a sense of how you would work with employees where like there's a little bit of friendliness depending on your work culture um outside work whereas an agency sometimes you can fall into the trap of like you don't know who's behind that name or email. Like it could be a different person any any given week, you know? Yeah. My first, uh, one thing I saw, and I don't know if it's consistent across the board, but uh, working with freelancers tended to be a little bit cheaper than going through an agency, obviously, because there's less whatever markup or, you know, there there's less overhead, I guess, that they need to cover with that. So I don't know if that's a rule of thumb, if that's, you know, consistent across the board you're going to get cheaper rates or uh, avoid some of some additional costs that you with that you can't that you have with an agency by going with the freelancer i'm not sure and um for anyone new to vas it could be the terminology could be confusing too because like uh, to me the it's confusing to me even honestly but <laughs> like i look as at upwork as an agency like mm. they're an agency that has virtual assistants but then what you're saying is like there's either a freelancer you can hire or an agency that represents freelancers. And it's like, well, isn't Upwork the agency that has – so it's a weird term that I don't think is really the best. I get that they use it. Um, and like I said, I've tried working with agencies a couple mm-hmm. times. And for the way I like to work with VAs, um, it just didn't work out. So I actually don't know that much about that specific uh, yeah. topic. Yeah, no, that make, that's that makes sense. So I just want so you use you prefer free up versus Upwork. Is that right? Yeah, so FreeUp is absolutely amazing. They match you with two to three virtual assistants. They usually match you within a couple days. um, And you can set an hourly limit per week, which is nice. So you can, like, because these guys will burn you. If you're working with someone any part of the world and there's no 
here's the thing free up is big enough where you can count them and small enough where you can get a hold of them i've been burned on upwork because it's like calling a credit card company or like you know comcast or a big agency because you can't talk to mr and mrs upwork right and free up recently sold but they're doing great even though they sold like you can still talk to people and humans on the phone and get um feedback but before that it was even it was amazing you can get the owner on the phone and not that there are issues but if something does come up it's nice to have that versus on upwork you could have some i had someone and not to scare your um listeners um this was when I was failing with VAs and I forget what exactly happened, but like the, the VA was threatening us to not to give him more hours or he wouldn't give like he was, he did something to our Facebook page. This is like 2014 or something. <laughs> yeah. It was like super not professional and everything. And I couldn't get anyone from Upwork on it. And hmm. I've never had that issue with um, free up free up uh, says on their website and they say in all their marketing, they have the top 1% freelancers in the industry. Upwork is kind of like just anyone can apply to be a freelancer on Upwork. So they're not pre-vetted. So it's nice to know that on FreeUp, they're pre-vetted. Um, and if something were to come up, they will take care of it. I really like the hourly limit. Also on Upwork, I got burned. And this is what I meant to say earlier, where, you know, I, I, I might not have said, because this was early on working with VAs, like, don't spend more than five hours on this project or whatever it was. And they spent like 20 hours on it that I got billed on it. The nice thing about working with FreeUp is you literally know what your budget is because you cap VAs. You say, okay, this specific person is going to work one hour a week. This person has up to 10 hours or whatever the case mm -hmm. may be. So you can plan out your budget. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Do you have any, do you have any clients or students, I guess, that you've, you've trained on this? that are in the real estate world and maybe give us an example of what they had their VAs doing. And if you don't have any, that's fine. We can move on. But anybody that comes to mind that might be really applicable to what, what some of our listeners are probably curious about. Yeah. I have a friend who had a podcast called sweet home Silicon Valley. I don't think she does it anymore, but she's a realtor and her VA would manage her podcast. So that include graphics, arts. Um, she would do podcast editing. She would key it. So here's the thing about podcasting. You got to key it in, into your hosting platform and into your website. So that's kind of a pain to do both. And then you have to make sure your player bar is set up in your website, the SEO, promote it on social media. She, she did everything for the podcast. Um, I know she did flyers for their business um, helped them out with email marketing, overall IT and website stuff, um, things like that. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, and some of the stuff um, I've used VAs for creating, uh, you know, little uh, memes like thoughtful memes, right, with the cool background and my logo on it for my social media accounts, and they were. So I would, I just gave them a Google list, a Google doc list of like a hundred quotes. And I said, you know, I asked them to make, I gave them the template of what I wanted it to look like. They would find a different picture of mountains. I got a thing for mountains. So a different picture of mountains for the background every time. And they would just push those out. 
they would create them, they would schedule them in, I think they created them in Canva, they scheduled them in Later, which is just a scheduling platform to push them out onto your social media platforms whenever you schedule them. Um, that was that was so sweet. Like that was, I, I just, once I plugged that in, I just, my hands were off and I was like, man, every morning I woke up and on uh, both of my Instagram accounts, I had a new quote right there and people were loving it. And so that was super great. I throttled that back. I need to, I need to start that up again, but um, that was super helpful. Like I just, I'm like, I, I cannot spend my time creating these little things. And I'm, uh, I did okay at it, but it, there was no thrill. Like I was like, this is boring to me. I, I love the quote, but I don't like making the cute little meme. So this has got to go somewhere else. And that I was good. That helped thing. me build up to whatever, like from like 200 followers to like 2000 followers. I had nice. the VAs like following 50 people a day um, on my account and you know, the, all the tricks to, to, to grow your account. Um, and then, but just recently, so that's one example, just recently I had, um, I hired, I believe it was through Upwork. I had them, I had the guy grab, so he would go to apartments.com find listings of apartments that were available, figure out the, the information for that property, grab, you know, how many units, what the units were renting for, were they three beds, two beds, one bed, whatever, get the address, find the owner's information, um, and, and put all that into a Google Doc. Because So now I can go through those properties and I'm going to start calling the owners and hopefully find a multifamily property that I, that's, you know, owned by somebody that wants to sell it. So that was that was so seamless. Once I just I just put one example in, and I'm like, go to apartments.com and go to the county register for or the county records for the owner. And yeah, it took a little longer than I thought it would, but I mean, I never know exactly how long that kind of data gathering should take. But it was it was awesome. He did a great job. So um, I've done. I love some, those examples, by the way. Yeah, I mean, this is. I love those. It, I have a full time job, so I, I work in the solar industry. I, I'm a partner in a in a solar installation company, so I can't spend my days <laughs> gathering data off Apartments.com. I just can't, and and there's, and, but it has to be done, and it has to be done for me to find those multifamily properties. So I know I've done a few other different tasks. Um, can't think of them right now, but those are some examples. But I know as I was looking through some of either on Fiverr or Upwork, there were, there were VAs that would even do the, the phone call for you. Like if you had, mm. and I don't know how good it is. I'm, I'm obviously, hopefully, you know, they'd have to be pretty fluent and very, very well-spoken in English, but they would even call those owners for you and see if they, all they got to do, figure out, are they willing to talk about selling that property? And if they say yes, perfect, here's the time, schedule it for me to, to get on the phone with that owner and talk about the details of it. So I, I haven't tried that yet, but that could be that could be awesome. I have a friend that um, right out of college was working with like ADP or one of those payroll companies, and he just crushed it and was like a manager and like top salesperson, and just like kept getting promoted and all that. And and he would never work. He did exactly what you said. He had VAs um, uh, getting the names and contacts, and he had VAs making the calls. He would just go in to close. Yeah. So yeah, I've been super tempted to to hire a VA to do some of my work at uh, on the solar company. I'm yeah, in sales, you, so I'm like, I'm always calling leads. I'm trying to set up appointments. Man, if I could get, if I could have somebody doing that for me, that'd be awesome. 
Well, that's what I liked about what you said initially. Like the Canva example was amazing. You've probably heard my Canva thing. Um, I, don't, I don't know. All right, I'll say that real quick, but then I want to get to the sales part of what you said. So I tell people all the time, like Canva is an online tool to help non-graphic designers do design. Let me say that again. Canva is an online tool to help non-graphic designers do design. Why are we doing Canva? It doesn't make any sense. So I have an ROI calculator on my website where you can literally plug in what you value your time in, your VA's costs, the hours that you spend on it, and how long it would take a VA to spend on it spits out the savings. So most people's rebuttal or even not even hear that, their thing on Canva is like, oh, I can do it real quick on Canva. I can do it in five minutes. But if you're scaling like Justin is with 100 images, that's going to take you a while, especially if you're doing other designs too. And look at that free time he gets instead. So I absolutely love that. And with the um, sales component, that is amazing because if we look at this whole project of you know um, prospecting, right? So to get your leads list, like you said, low skill, low thrill, but then you're not just outsourcing the whole thing to be like, hey, call them too, because it's a totally different skill set for the person that does the research than the person that is making the sales calls. If Justin were to find a VA that crushes it with sales calls, then he wants to utilize their time just doing calls. And this is where people get tripped up because employees are jack of all trades, whereas VAs are specialists in one specific area. So you have like Susie do the research and she's just focusing on getting as much research as she can done. And she's 12 bucks an hour, maybe eight bucks, whatever it is. Then you have Jeff or whatever do the sales. And maybe he's a college guy, recent college grad, whatever, 25 bucks an hour in US or whatever. And you have him doing all the calls. Not only are both of them being focused in exactly what they need to do, but also why would you pay someone that 25 bucks an hour to do $12 an hour work, to, right? All that type of stuff. So I love the way you break everything down. Yeah. That specialization yeah. is where the efficiency comes, right? I mean, mm-hmm. because the, cost, the, the, the rate is going to be right if it's just data gathering versus, you know, full-on video editing. There's going to be different rates. You don't want some just one VA trying to do both those things. No, that's, that's a great point. That's awesome. So... Um, what are any other final tips that we haven't covered here as far as using VAs and, and, uh, and helping some of the listeners jump into that, that world? Um, Trello, do you use Trello? I don't. What, tell me, I, I've heard yeah. that. What is it? Yeah, I was going to tell listeners, just assume they don't. But um, so Trello.com, it's a project management tool. Um, It's like a blank canvas. So basically, it's a process board of like, uh, ideas to doing to like, uh, to done. And I have Trello boards for, I have like over 20 Trello boards for specific things. Like I might have a Trello board for like a different one for Justin's sales thing than I would for his um, Canvas social media thing. Mm -hmm. Like it would be a completely different board. But basically this is a way to manage projects. Um, It, when I was failing with VAs, I was managing my virtual assistants in my email and that was a nightmare because it was so hard to 
see where all the projects were at. Now with this tool Trello, and I have like template boards and stuff like that, but if you have your VAs on a Trello board, it's super easy and they have a great app just to pop into the app on your phone or on um, uh, your computer and just see where a project is. The other cool thing too is like, I have not figured this out. I think later.com might do it, but um, you can't schedule Instagram TVs. Do you know how? Um, no. That's that's on my list. Someone told me the other day that you might be able to do it on later, but I use Buffer, Hootsuite, whatever you use, you can schedule posts, right? But like to schedule anything that's a video that's longer than 60 seconds, you have to do it straight from your phone in real time. So my VAs, when they make a video for me that's over 60 seconds, I can go on the Trello app from my phone and super easily just like hop on over to that Google Drive folder and upload it to Instagram. So that makes nice. it convenient. Yeah, Trello is just like, it's a game changer. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. Like I'm talking specifically to work with virtual assistants. And then yeah. once you start working VAs, you'll probably apply it to other sides of your business too. No, that's a good point. Okay, so now, yeah, I'm looking at it here online, Trello. So uh, I've looked at As uh, Asana, which is Same a very thing. similar platform. Yeah. I like to I like the look and feel of this one a little bit better than Asana, but yeah, no, this is um, especially so. If you can imagine, like, um, I don't know, let's just say you're you're underwriting a, a real estate deal, and, you know, um, and you've got these stages. Some stages you need to step in and you know review review the numbers, review what they put in or whatever. Like, there's going to be that piece or that project moves through steps, so you can have these steps across the board and he, you know, your VA can accomplish one, drag it to the next step. Maybe it's assigned back to you. Maybe it's assigned to a different VA to do that piece. And it can walk through this whole project timeline. So nobody's wondering where, who's holding the ball on that project. And so, yeah, that, I don't know on some of these more complex projects and processes, I, I don't know how you would do it without something like that. It, it's essentially a whiteboard, but it's all digitized and, and very interactive. So that's a great tip. I think you're, and, and ultimately, like, I think there's some huge efficiencies, especially for entrepreneurs, because we have it, we have it in our brain. And, and, and that's where it, that's the only place it is. And if we're, if we don't have it figured out enough to be able to put it onto a board and break it into steps, like we're going to struggle and there's always going to be inefficiency. So there's a great deal of efficiency that you gain by putting it out there, explaining it in a way that others can understand. All of a sudden that process is going to get way more efficient because it's out of your brain and it's, it's systematized. I think that's a, whether or not you're going to use a VA, I think that's just a good practice. Like get it out of your brain and so you can see the pieces and 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 break it down into steps. That's I think that's a huge gain on efficiency. Love it. Yeah, uh, you know it brings back memories because I used to have um, the big easel board like papers. You know the big uh, post-it mm -hmm. papers all over my wall. It reminded me of that scene from uh, Stranger Things. <laughs> for, you know um, what I'm talking about. A lot of people probably do, but if you don't, just uh, papers all over my wall. And now I look around. And I was just thinking about this the other day. I was like, why don't I have papers on the wall? And that was before I used Trello. So hearing you talk, I was like, yep. Now it's all digitized, like you yeah. said. So yeah, it's great. I, I've been in conference rooms where there's no more space on the wall. It's all covered right. in, in papers. 
exactly <laughs> oh man Classic. that's awesome okay so let's um let's i love that that final tip i think that's huge and and we're going to make sure let's make sure we at the end here we're going to cover uh, where people can go to to learn more i, I want to learn more about the books you've written and the platforms that you're providing so don't let me forget to get to that but but right now let's talk a little bit about in general um obviously most of my listeners are in real estate investing, but, but in general, what do you think it is that separates people that accomplish their goals from people that don't give up, fail in accomplishing their goals? What's something that separates those people? So I started doing triathlons in 2000 and running or biking, none at all. Buddy convinced me to do it. In January, even though it's California, but in January, outdoor pool, 6 a.m., going in the uh, sw- swimming laps. And I, at the time of training, I couldn't swim from one side of the pool to the other without stopping. And like six, eight months later, I did 100 laps nonstop after the Warriors won the championship because as a kid I thought I'd never see my favorite NBA team uh win a championship. So I was like if they can do it, I can do a hundred laps. Point no being way. wow when yeah it, this was one of those things where I just wanted to prove it to myself like be able to do the triathlon. So I would literally go to this outdoor pool at 6 a.m in January. It is California but it's still cold and it's yeah. dark and yeah. it's there's no reason to be doing this like i'm not like competing for anything like there's no reason to do it other than be like oh i want to prove that i can do it so i would say to myself and this is i don't think i got this quote from anyone else i think it was just something that i came up with and it probably is true because it's not um it's very bulky so here it is successful people do the things unsuccessful people don't like to do so literally as i'm swimming laps when i'm questioning why the hell am i doing this i would repeat over and over in my head successful people do the things that unsuccessful people do the things unsuccessful people don't like to do and you know so many of us it could be as simple as getting up in the morning and hitting snooze now here's the thing on just this small little thing that seems very small if you hit snooze and you give yourself nine more minutes or you hit it a few more times and you give yourself 27 minutes or whatever it is we sleep in 90 minute cycles so the reason why you feel groggy the rest of the day is you just started a new sleep cycle and you're not giving yourself the full 90 minutes. So that's one thing that people can easily implement. And Mel Robbins is famous for saying um, three, two, one. I think it's five, four, three, two, one, but yeah. I changed it to three, two, one. Yeah. So yeah. just like I've helped a lot of people get out of bed more, just three, two, one, get up. Yeah. But yeah, just do the thing that you don't want to do, lean into it. You know, I love that. I love that, right? No, you know, not everybody wants to get up at four a.m. to make sure they get there. Because, like, again, I have a full, early. I yeah, I have a full, I have a full time job. So, in all honesty, I can I can't allocate you know that what I'm paid for between eight o'clock and five o'clock. I can't spend a lot of time doing uh, real estate stuff and podcasting stuff. So all that has to happen outside of that window, and and so that requires me to get up earlier and stay up later. And not a lot of people want to do that. I have. Like I'm the bo- I'm a really boring person to talk to. If you want to talk to me about like what's on Netflix or like the latest like binge thing that people are doing with whatever you know cool Netflix Tiger thing. King or whatever. Yeah. Okay. I have not seen a single 
like congratulations it, yeah i've not seen a single video on that or whatever it is i apparently it's a tiger you're, guy you're not missing has, out you're not missing out good good because and yeah. you know like i was you know talk to me about whatever like the whatever the hottest thing is on netflix i don't know about it because i'm spending time after work working some more and and i think that's huge it makes me look a little bit crazy but uh it, i think it's huge yeah doing the things that are that are uncomfortable and that most people don't want to do is going to separate you um that's i have not heard that answer yet on the podcast so that's the first time i love that thank you very much um what is uh what's a favorite what's a favorite book or one that's been the most influential in your life Think and Grow Think and Grow Rich has always been my favorite book, but um, I recently read The Untethered Soul. And I mean, if you're into um, soul development rather than self development and like spiritual stuff, like Untethered Soul blew my mind. And it's like to me should be, and I don't even like the word should, but it needs to be the first book that anyone interested in spirituality gets into and like there's so not only myself but like so many people when i'm reading this book it was like oh my god you need to hear this message and if we all just read that book i think we'd have such a better society i'm just in love with that book right mm. now um but business-wise think and grow rich is my all-time favorite perfect i love that i've jotted down untethered soul i have not heard of that book i will i want to read that uh Sounds like a good one to read when you're, uh, I don't know, on vacation, kind of hanging out somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those, and I don't like to read, honestly, and I'll do audibles, but that book, like, and I've had trouble reading since I finished that book because the new book I'm on, like, I like it more in most books, but this other book, like, it it was like, oh, when can I read next? And this is for someone that doesn't like to read, you know? Wow. So, wow yeah it kind of it, it ruined every other book for you that's too bad <laughs> it, well books were already ruined i have to listen <laughs> to them i don't i don't like reading personally which is weird for an entrepreneur it seems like i, most... I love to read but i read really slow so Same. I, uh, yeah yeah i just i don't know why it's, i just i like i just chew on the words too long like i just i'm i'm just absorbing it and maybe I'm just slower. I don't. Maybe that's probably what it is. But I just I just read slower because I'm consuming it and I'm really thinking about everything so much. Because all the books I read are self help or business or or um, really thoughtful and thought provoking books. So I don't read any novels. I think uh, I don't same. The last, the last well, novel I read was like I think Atlas Shrugged or something like that, like years ago. So. I don't, so it's, anyway, that's why I read so slow. So I definitely um, use Audible uh, and do the audio thing. But uh, I often find myself when I really, when I listen to a book where I'm like, man, I got to go back and read this a little slower. I I definitely buy that. Makes it super expensive because then I own the Kindle version, the audio version, and the hard copy version. As you can see, I like having a library of books. So I it it makes it like a 50 or $60 book, which is unfortunate. Have you read... um own the day own your life oh man uh no i haven't who wrote that aubrey, aubrey marcus i'm in yeah. his um mastermind so shout out to aubrey and um james altichurch uh, choose yourself is a good one uh, living with a seal by jesse itzler 
Um, one you would like is um, 12 week year. I forget who wrote that, but that's a, I feel like that's one you would like. Yeah. I've and heard that one. one. That one is read. on my list. I've read uh, living with the seal. That's a great book. Right. And, yeah. And then obviously going and reading can't hurt me by David Goggins. You've got to, you've got to read the other side of that too. I think, yeah, I've, I've listened to that one. Awesome. Goggins Those are awesome. Those are some great books. Um, let's circle. Well, I want to spend just a second on we we talked a little bit about kind of designing your life um, and and designing a life where you don't have to give up the things that you're passionate about. And I mentioned that and I fight this battle like often, if not daily, like, okay, um, I'm passionate about this. I, I like to hike. I like to spend a lot of time in the mountains, fishing, hunting, all those kinds of things. I, I like to just be outside. Uh, surfing, but I don't live in California anymore, so I can't do that very often. But, um, but, and I, so I'm always doing this thing of like, well, should I, can I go for a hike this morning? Do I, or do I need to, you know, edit that post, edit that podcast and, and get some solar sold? Like I always fight this internal battle. Is that ever going to go away? Or is there ever a place where you're like, you feel like you're not sacrificing one or the other and you, have like a good i don't want to call it a balance because i don't really believe that there's a balance but but does that ever go can you ever get it to where you're like you feel like you're you're not sacrificing one or the other does that make sense yeah absolutely and that that feeling is what really got me to on the spiritual path that feeling that i wasn't really embracing just knowing that it was there and um not doing anything about it. And I got into meditation in 2018. And meditation has always helped with that. Um, one thing that's counterintuitive with meditation is like, say you have something you're working on, it's like the afternoon, like two o'clock or whatever. And you're like, I, I really have to do this. And you're feeling stress and scatterbrain. It seems counterintuitive to be like, okay, I'm going to take 20 minutes, or even 10 minutes to sit here and just clear my thoughts. But research has actually pro um, proved through Transcendental Meditation, the, the organization, that when you come back to that task, the task, you're going to be more efficient, more effective, because you're actually going to be single tasking versus multitasking, you're going to be more focused. So it's not that it's ever going to go away, like there's no like perfect formula. But that's what I was talking about my balance soul life balance and why I do these practices of um, meditation of yoga, yoga helps me a ton personally, even just taking a few conscious breaths or walking outside without your shoes or sandals on and feeling the earth, um, where I'm at in the oceans and breathing that and there's little things that don't have to be like, Oh, I'm going to be journaling 20 minutes a day, or, you know, I'm going to be writing down my grateful list, like there's all that type of stuff. But it's really finding out what works for you. But um, Eckhart Tolle wrote a book called The Power of Now, and even Untethered Soul will talk about this too. And like, this is why I believe in soul life balance because exactly what you're talking about, like, that's what I deal with and what has caused my my 
I don't want to say issues, but you know, my, my unhappiness or yeah. whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, you also feel this pressure, like you almost feel guilty during work hours, or even a work day, if you're doing something that is not productive, and that's not healthy. And this is why I say work life balance isn't it's not good because we're looking at if we're looking at a balance equation and being like okay so work is 50% not that's 50/50 but giving it that much attention it's like okay so what what is life what does life mean in this equation is work not part of our life like can it be like um life family balance or you know like why mm -hmm. are we giving work so much attention so yeah. a lot of it is this western society where we've been conditioned to work 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 be productive do 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 and um yeah it's just something that if you're cognizant about it and you're working on it then it will you'll start to chip away at but if you're an intentional if you are intentional about it, then you can actually start to make a massive change yeah i think that it, it it all comes down to to the the mindset around it and how paying attention to what's going on in your mind right and why because like you like that is probably one of the biggest sources of stress for me like we're i'm taking off uh tomorrow morning we're going to jackson hole we're doing a little family trip and it's going to be so hard for me to not be like, oh man, I got to go get that, that podcast, that, that podcast with Sam edited and up, you know, like, or I've got, to, I've got these solar deals I've got to close down or whatever. Like, it's so hard for me to just let go and, and not feel like I need to be, because I've got big goals, right? I've got things I want to accomplish. And I feel like I'm sacrificing those things anytime I take time for myself, even though, or my family, even though I know that's so important. And so that's what's so big. That's why real estate and just whatever is so big for me because I want to get to the point where it's 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 a real I've got a real estate portfolio. It's managed. It's passive, as most as passive as it can be. VAs are helping me out. And if I take a day or if I shut down for a few hours, uh, it's not. It doesn't feel like a sacrifice. And that's my ultimate goal. And it and it sounds like VAs can be a huge part of that. I'm hearing I'm hearing more and more as I've talked to people that meditation is there's a lot of people that meditate. I, yeah. I don't do it and I don't do it intentionally. I mean, I do spend some thoughtful time, but not like not like meditation, like what I'm thinking people are doing. And so I'm seeing that trend. And so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look more into that. It seems it seems like a powerful tool to clear your head and get your head right. Yeah, and I think uh, going on a hike or uh, in the mountains, that type of stuff for you is probably a form of meditation. Like before I got into meditation, like swimming or running were my forms of meditation. And, you know, plenty of people will be on their high horse and be like, oh, that's not meditation. But the truth is like, it actually really can be. So it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm going to uh, fold my legs and sit in an uncomfortable position because I'm not flexible and put my fingers in a yoga posture and close my eyes and say a mantra for 20 minutes. It doesn't have to be mm -hmm. that if that doesn't resonate with you. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. So. That's a good point. Um, so I love that. I, th that's a huge part of, 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 of the platform is just, just being able to create the, the life that you, you want. There's, there's no reason that we should, in the long term, sacrifice what we like most or are most passionate about. I think there'll be, you might have to be super, if you're trying to launch a, 
new thing. Like you might be so focused on that for two months, right? You may have to shut everything else out. But in the long term, and in general, I don't feel like we should have to sacrifice those things. And I finally found that quote that I wanted to read earlier. Oh, it, nice. says, um, it says, uh, where is it here? And joy is, after all, let's see, wait. No, we do not live to eat and make money. We eat and make money to be able to enjoy life. And I love that. Like, this, is, this life isn't about making money and 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 working and and just spending their time there but this life is about enjoying the life and and we have you know on the side we've got to make some money so we can eat and enjoy life and i just think sometimes we need to shift that perspective um and get it more in balance throughout throughout our lives i think that's super important to to a happy and fulfill uh, a fulfilling life i guess Absolutely. Yeah. My dad says, um, work to live, don't live to work. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. yeah perfect. Love that. Okay. We're going to, let's a uh, couple more questions here. Um, what is, what is your why? Like overarching, what is your why? And we've probably touched on it a little bit, but I always like to summarize here at the end now that it's in perspective, but what is your why? What's pushing you? Yeah, my why is to inspire and motivate soulful entrepreneurs to take a bold action to pursue their highest excitement. That's the last time I wrote up. That's the reason why I know it. And I'm a huge fan of Simon Sinek, but I'm going to change that probably. But my whole thing is empowering people and getting them their freedom back so that they can do everything we have been talking about this entire podcast love it. versus just working. Yeah. Love, love it, man. Thank you. That's awesome. What are some ways that you are giving back um, to, to others and to, to other causes? What are some ways that you're doing that? I'm always curious. I'm always thinking, trying to think of good ideas. And so I like to hear what other people are doing or maybe something you intend to do if you're not currently doing, there's no, nothing wrong with that either. Yeah, I'm I'm selling myself short, not being able to think of anything because I know that there's there there are a lot. I mean, even my Soul Seeker project, um, mm -hmm. that podcast, like I have a podcast called Soul Seeker, where it's all about mindfulness, spirituality, plant medicine. It's all about healing and you know this type of stuff that I've been kind of teasing a little bit, but not yeah. going totally into. And that is not profitable intentionally like it's a passion project so that's something where i am literally like doing it out of passion i hire vas to run it so it's like i'm it's i'm paying money for something yeah. that i know is not going to produce any roi because i'm yeah. passionate about it. that's my big thing probably i love that i love that man okay okay so tell us give us a summary of well, first off, how can people get a hold of you? How can people find you? Where can people find you? Talk to us about the platforms where you're delivering your content and your your training, the books and, and the other opportunities that people have if they want to learn more. Absolutely. So my website is swagsam.com over there. It's got my multiple brands I'm looking at right now. And I have about five different brands. Um, so from there, it's got the social media platforms for each of them, whether you're into food, you're into spirituality, or you want to buy some swag, or you want to learn how to scale with a VA team. It's all right there. It's the easiest way to get a hold of me and find out what I'm all about. Swagsam.com. Perfect. Perfect. And the books that you, you, you said you've written three books, correct? Right. Yeah. What books are those? So the first one was called, um, 
something where I need to change the title. It was too long, <laughs> it, but it was how to work with VAs and I need yeah. to rebrand that to clone yourself. Um, the second one was the written goal. And that's all about the mindset mm -hmm. behind writing your goals down along with that action plan. It's it got some workbooky type stuff. And the third yep. one is swag works, how to make swag work for your business. So it's for like corporate. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. I love that, man. This has been super, super good. I love, love this conversation. I love the ideas and especially that focus on that, that balance in life and, and, and just designing the life that you want to live. And, and I think ultimately hiring VAs is a super good way to do that. We're providing, you know, we're providing an opportunity for them to make money and to, to grow their portfolio, but it's also helping us you know, uh, um, do things differently and hopefully have more time to do the things that are of high value and obviously bringing more value into our lives, doing whatever it is that we want to do. So I appreciate the conversation, man. It's been awesome. Yeah, Justin, thank you so much for having me on your podcast and, um, yeah, keep up the great work. Listening to the Money Maven Project Podcast. A true Maven shares knowledge with others. So be sure to share this podcast and leave a review. Thanks so much. And until next time, live life with intention.